Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not-so-hidden temptations. We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring to the show people who know what they're talking about and help you with some of these aspects of your life. You live life only once, so why not live a life worth living? Today in the show, we have King Sisivath. He is the man behind the brand Strange Foods Chicago. You may have seen his exquisite photography skills while taking pictures of food on Instagram or follow along with his videos on YouTube. Strange Foods Chicago is truly ethnic strange foods in Chicagoland. You get your very own bizarre foods and no reservations. Through the adventures of Strange Foods Chicago, you'll learn all about the hidden gems of a city that are both ethnic and cheap. So enjoy the show. So, So, King, tell us what you do with being the Strange Foods Chicago foodie. What I do is I scour the city and look around for um, little mom and pop restaurants, more authentic food, uh, bring more awareness to uh, more food from around the world that people should try out and they would save them a lot of money. And it would help out the, uh, the family owned restaurants too. Awesome. So how did you get started with Strange Food Chicago? Did you just, you know, decide one day, I want to go decide to get paid to eat out all day? Or like how did that like, passion really come about? I started, because um, someone told me that this is a platform that might give me a chance to uh, actually, you know, bring out the best in me. What I do is, you know, have the passion to explore the city, drive around the city and just look for these little restaurants and then... Uh, basically, uh, exotic food, uh, bizarre food, strange food, to me is not actually strange or bizarre. It's authentic food. So I want to mm-hmm. uh, allow people to know that, you know, and then the same way with, um, how did I start out? Oh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, you know, it's also about, like what the brand all kind of entails. Like you have your Instagram account, like you say you work on like a blog, do kind of get us in the idea of like what you're all working on right now? What I'm working on right now is I'm just working on uh, my YouTube channel and then I have my Instagram. I don't write or anything. I used to write six years ago, but I don't write. So I wanna, I'm just doing my video, learning videography and uh, learning photography. Okay, so what uh, all happens in the videos? Is it just like you and your friends and you're eating? Or like what words does someone expect if they subscribe to you on YouTube? <laughs> In the video, I give a little history of a uh, rundown of what that fest is, and then I bring a friend along, and they just walk around, and we film different foods, and we film the activities, and then I add a music, you know, from that theme of that uh, country, and um, yeah, we, I just video them eating, we pick certain dishes out, and then I'd give a commentary at the end, and I uh, just publish it on YouTube. Okay, and so like, what, what's kind of your end goal with that? Is like that's something you want to actually do yourself? Like, attend a lot of festivals, throw a festival? What's kind of on your docket for that? Well, my main primary, uh, my first video when I had that Harabi Mexican, when I actually had a production team, uh, we all worked for free. It was uh, like a professional production team that did everything uh, for free. 
mm-hmm. and and they got so busy that I just wanted to take matters into my own hand and learn the videography myself, and uh, you know the way how camera works, and then just give a more like a try to be professional but still amateur, but you know just trying to learn as I go and basically just you know take matters into my own hand. Oh, that makes sense. So. With your tag, Strange Foods Chicago, people will associate that with like a foodie. Do you consider yourself a foodie or someone that just like cares about trying different foods here in town? I don't, I don't consider myself a foodie. I think um, I'm more concerned about, I think of myself as wanting to change something. Mm-hmm. You know, more of like to make a difference to, uh, because that's prices. It's, you know, you can get all the free food in the world and want all the money, but if you can make that change you know and let people bring awareness then it you know it makes me smile you know like like my motherland food is the ocean food and 99 percent of people don't know what that is and that is also my uh my goal is to bring that food mainstream which it isn't right now you know, from laos that's the other the other goal i was i, I was supposed to say but i forgot <laughs> oh okay, that makes sense. basically my end goal is to be that one person that in Chicago that someone can say, oh, you know, he's the one that, you know, finally can start a committee and uh, hand out awards for little mom and pop restaurants or, you know, that just try to save uh, uh, communities because the communities, they're all moving to the birds now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, the only thing left is Vietnamese town and uptown and Chinatown. Everybody else is just, you know, like the Japanese in Arlington Heights, Logan Square, the Mexicans are moving. Literally, there it doesn't even exist no more. Italians are in the Dunham in the West, and then Koreans they move to Glenview. So you know, it's just a pattern. You know, Greek town doesn't exist. So it's just you know, just and then the food. So next thing you know, it's all going to be urbanized food, and, and you know, there's no more classics. Yeah, like I'm, I'm new to Chicago. I just moved on here in January, and it's like shocking to me how many restaurants are owned like by corporations. Oh, it's okay. like, oh, did you know that like so like these six restaurants are all owned by the same group? I'm like, didn't know that for sure. Yeah, restaurant groups. Yeah, I mean those are good. Those restaurants they're good, but the problem is, some people can't afford it, and that's mm-hmm. why families are moving away from it. You know, I I hear stories from people. They're like, we're moving, we we'll move out for to better the family. Makes sense. So, uh, do you want to tell us a little about like uh, the festival you're putting on later this month? Uh, the festival I'm putting on is in October. We are going to have at least twenty restaurants, uh, breweries, and we're gonna uh, sell tickets by a set price. That way, when people think of festival, it can be affordable. Where and then they get to try everything, right? Because if you go like just this weekend, they have do division fest or something. You go there, you pay $7 a beer, you buy $8 food, and you don't get to try everything. And I think that's the same way with Taste of Chicago. I don't know if you've been there, but you just move here. But basically all the festivals, you, you pay, it's free, but it's free to get in, but you're paying at least, you're spending at least $100 a person, and you don't get to try everything. So the, with the festival I'm starting is I want to give people an opportunity to try food from different cultures under one roof. And then they get a taste of the uh, their folk dancing, and, you know, just to see how what they do when they what they eat and what they do back at home, or, or when, you know, they don't the food that they don't sell at the restaurants. You know, they'll be serving at this tasting. 
So you know, it'll be like uh, sixty bucks a person. They could include the food and drinks all day. You know, so that way, then they don't have to worry about spending extra money, and they get to try and everything. So I, you know, I think that's a good deal. And then we'll be doing it for charity too. So we won't be making much. I want to. Uh, uh, give out some money to like feed my starving children foundation and then I have people coming in to help me with their services so we're all gonna you know put this all together to uh, uh, set up for next year hopefully next year I want to be bigger okay. and do we know the dates for that yet I would be October 9th okay perfect definitely uh, note that in the show notes would be perfect so people can definitely attend and enjoy I mean for me there's like quite a, like two groups of people in the world like go out to eat they get what they always get, like one, two, or three different dishes, or people really get something different every time. So especially if it's like an ethnic food that you're not accustomed to, it's hard for some people to like go out on a limb and try it because they want to pay like fifteen dollars for a meal that they take one bite and don't like it. So I think this is be really a good opportunity for people to try different kinds of foods. Yeah, that could be understood. I can understand that. Like if people don't have much money and they're afraid that it might not turn out good. You know, and that, you know, that I, that's an excuse. But if you don't, if you have money and if you want to, you know, uh, I, I highly recommend them try different things, you know, if just step off the path. But if you don't have money, then you know that that's good. Then, you know, I mean, then that person is just, uh, they're just conservative, you know, and that's fine with that, you know, just being conservative. So do you have some favorite restaurants here in town, or do you try and like, go to different restaurants kind of like every day you go out to eat? I try to go to different restaurants, but when I have days off, as in places that I really like to enjoy going to eat, you know, it's actually, there's a restaurant, I, I was actually there just yesterday. I probably go there maybe like, I don't know, like four or five times a month, but I was there yesterday. It's called uh, uh, Dancing. It's spelled D-A-N-C-E-N. Okay. And where's that? It's um, <clears throat> Lincoln and Carmen. It's, uh, I don't know the exact address, but it's Lincoln and Carmen in Lincoln Square. And it's a Korean, uh, it's an old-fashioned Korean restaurant where they design a restaurant like how it would look like in the back streets of uh, South Korea. Okay. So it's very small. It seats like maybe 20 people, and they open late nights to the locals, and they enjoy their uh, sake and their, their barbecue is right on a on a bar. They have a it's a robot yaki bar. That's what they call it. So they cook it right on a on a countertop for you, and you're sitting there. So it's pretty cool. I enjoy it. It's so late, and then so that's my number one all time restaurant, I guess. If I was you know I would if I were had a last meal would be over there. Nice. <laughs> any any other favorites that you recommend? I do. I actually both of my order. I recommend the. Uh, spicy chicken skin no 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 spicy pork skin spicy pork skin and I the spicy uh, chicken with rice cake those two I recommend everybody seems to love it very exotic but also very tasty <laughs> I mean this I would I would rank that as the number one dish I tried in Chicago I mean I eat a lot of restaurants downtown a lot of fancy places a lot of like uh, in Woodford. I mean tons of restaurants you know and uh, maybe one or two would be worth my time going. I just enjoy outside city flavors better, I guess. That's just me, you know, you know just my personal opinion. 
So how do you choose like which restaurants you're gonna go to? Like, do you have like this infinite list you just check stuff off, or like how how do you kind of keep things fresh and like organized in your mind while you're going through different restaurants for what you're trying to accomplish? Well, I work. I'm lucky to. I work in the west suburbs. It's about uh, 20 miles west of uh, downtown. So I'm lucky when I because I live in Lincoln Square. So. I'm lucky when I drive home, I take different routes. And then if something catches my attention, I just stop and I, I go in. Interesting. Yeah. And then I also get tips from like my followers. They tell me where to go and I just go. I sometimes literally just go the minute they tell me. That's you know, just, I guess I'm obsessed with finding new places, I guess. Yeah. It's the fun part, right? Like it's yeah. an adventure. You, different food, different restaurant. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I listen, I listen to my followers a lot. Whatever they say and then. They seem surprised when I reply back, but it's not like I'm uh, famous or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, this I reply to everybody, and then I like to. I even took a couple of them out to eat because they told me a bunch of places that I really love. So I'm like, all right, you know, you, you're gonna come with me. I'll take you guys out to eat. You know, you don't don't pay nothing, no tip, no nothing. And then I I give prizes away. I give like cookwares away, like whatever gifts I get or gift cards, I give it to them because I don't need it, you know, because mm-hmm. I. I go to these events already, and I, you know, get to eat for free and all that stuff. And I bring them along too. So I mean, because I mean, if it, if they're not following me, then I, I don't have the opportunity to go through these events. Yeah. You know? so, right, so like, what are some of the like, perks you've gotten from you know being like a highly followed Instagram and YouTube poster? Like you're saying, you going to these events. Do you want to give some more details on some of the benefits you're seeing? Well, the benefits is um, basically it's. The, the way the, the system works is they have PR um, firms that have, let's say, five or six clients, right? So let's say there's 10 PR firms and you got, you know, what, oh, like 40, 50 restaurants that are connected to these PR firms. And what they do is they send out emails to all these uh, Instagrammers. They look at least for like 2,000 or more followers mm-hmm. and then they invite them to these events. So... I mean, they just send you an email. If you want to go, you bring a guest, free food, free drinks. And then some. And then for the gift card, I actually would tell them to give me a gift card so I could give it to my followers. So I don't know how they do it with the other guys, you know, but with, uh, with me, it's, I kind of try to do different uh, things differently, you know. I've even told other Instagrammers, you know, why don't you give your gift card away and uh, as a contest because you guys don't need it. You guys eat free all the time, you know, and it's... The mentality is different, you know, because you're in that whole Instagram famous thing and you want the VIP treatment. You want to be the first to try a dish and you want to first try a restaurant before it opens and you got to let people know about it. So it's, I steered myself away from that. I was like that before, you know, like you, you want to be me, 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 feel special. You know, that's just, uh, I mean, that's why people, that, if you notice, you go look, they're never honest with their, uh, reviews it's always everything tastes good because they can't be honest you know it's free food so you gotta you can't be negative you know that's why it's a gorilla off my back now i don't go to these events no more i only go if there's a, a friend that's in a pr firm you know? so it makes sense like today i had brunch and i could like brunch on the air where but my friends were asking me did, did you like what you ordered and i actually didn't like it and like well, I'm not going to, you know, tell the waiter or, like, the chef that, but I ordered something they never had before and just didn't actually like well, the way it came out. They did a good job preparing it, I just didn't like the way everything kind of mixed together. 
then when people feel bad, like, all you ordered and ate something you didn't like, it's like, so I can't imagine being, like, in a position where you just say, this was so good, like, online, and just be like, well, I mean, not, not genuine. Yeah. Not everything tastes good, so you got to understand that, you know? And uh, some people don't. That's the thing. So, I mean, I, I let people, I don't say it in public, I just, like, I, and I say it in a, you know, in a nice way, but I, at the same time, I have an obligation to see if it's worth it for my followers to go there. You know, the drive, the parking, the hassle you know this is it's worth it if they can find better you know and every now and then i go to popular restaurants so they can get an honest feedback yeah. so like comparing you to like a yelp review i, I think like i yelp if you want to review you it's just so hit or miss it's like throwing a dart at the dartboard hoping for the best because people go like this is so good and uh, they get a great time and people go on there like oh the service sucked but then they don't know that like half the wait staff was sick that day so they had like one server for like 20 tables right it's so impossible to really tell what's going on problem with Yelp reviews is people are emotional so at that moment they're gonna judge and it factors in if someone has a lot of money you know then it might not affect the, the review as negative but if someone can only eat out maybe once a month and they eat at that place and they had a bad, you know, experience, then they'll probably just let it all out. And then, you know, there's a hundred dishes on a menu. You can't judge a whole restaurant by one or two dishes, mm-hmm. you know? So I never judge a restaurant as a whole. I will only go there, eat that dish. If I, I don't like it, certain things, I'll say I don't like about it. Certain things that I like, I'll say I like about it. Yelp reviews, it's hard. I, I never, I mean, I'll read it, you know, but I'll never, you just gotta go for yourself, you know. You, you said, can't take it seriously. I mean, for me, I went to a restaurant the other day with my buddy, and to be honest, like, the service was like really slow. The waitress like kind of didn't really know what she was doing. Like she like would ask him like, "Oh, do you want a refill on your soda?" And then she like, wouldn't even ask me. I'm like, "Why? Why did you not ask me?" Like so, it was just like you know an easy complaint. But like let's say I want lots of Yelp review and says something bad, that'd be horrendous because like, we asked her at the end of the night like, "Hey, thanks for everything." She goes. I appreciate it. Today's my first day. So by the way, online and said, "Oh, this person is terrible. This restaurant sucked." Like it's this person's first time serving ever, and you know, it's like people hold it against them. Yeah. yeah. So I've been. I just take it with a grain of salt. I mean, the best thing is just go and explore. You know, and that's what my job is. I want to go. I want to save people the time, and I'll, I'll give them an overall rundown of the ambience of the price. And that's the one thing is people never list the price on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't know what uh, the deals is. What if there's a secret menu, or if, you know, you could get vegetarian dish even if they don't have it on the menu. You could ask for it. You know, like all these little things. But it's super important. One of my really close friends is like allergic to quite a few things and is like gluten free. Yeah. And so I, when we go out, I literally call and research and like figure stuff out. Like we went to a restaurant where we wanted to order an appetizer. And she couldn't get it because she asked if they use the same deep fryer for gluten free, not gluten free, and only one gluten, only one deep fryer, so they couldn't even get the appetizer. And I'm like, so I actually do like research, like, hey, like, can we even go here? Because I'd rather her like eat something than not, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Instagram is actually helping restaurants more than it helps the, the followers, actually. You know, because next five years from now. 
you know, everyone's going to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers. Next thing you know, everything's going to taste good. Mm-hmm. So, and it's going to help uh, restaurants, you know. And then it just defeats the purpose of a platform that uh, you go for to find uh, authenticity, uh, reviews, and all that stuff. You know, with Instagram, there's filters. It looks so good. Like, okay. Then you do the prices, too. Yeah, yeah, be careful, too, because next thing you know, you're somebody's using a hashtag in New York, in L.A., Tokyo, which is not relevant to helping the restaurant here. You know, it's just good on paper for stats of likes and views and all that stuff. The best thing is you just got to look at their location service. You look at when you post a photo, mm-hmm. and then you look proof to that how many were posted, and then you look after how many were posted. So then you'll know if you actually are getting people to eat there. Because you could review, you could post a, a popular restaurant. You don't know if, if it's, you're affecting it because it's so popular, you know, as people are going anyway, you can't track it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, there's millions of people that live here and then if you have like you know, 5,000 falls, how many is actual following you? How many is actually gonna go? You know what I mean? So it's, you gotta factor all that in too. I hear like uh, Instagram, well, I guess Facebook owns Instagram, but like they're like cracking down on it pretty hard. Like they went in and I forgot what celebrities it was. They removed like over half of their followers because it was someone went on, made an account, followed them, and then never logged in again. So essentially, it was like a fake account. And like a lot of celebrities lost like half their followers because all just some PR firm having people sign in with a like a food one at gmail.com and food two at gmail.com and like following them. Yeah. It's a stat thing. You know, I, I don't like it when people address when I'm out with friends and my friends say, oh, this is uh, strange food. It has X amount of followers. I don't like it when people uh, actually say that. It just feels weird because it doesn't take talent, you know, to get followers. Correct. Yeah. It's just, I'm just fortunate just to, it takes time, you know, but I'm fortunate because mine was unique when I first started and it was something that no one's done before. Just a unique genre, that's why. But I don't. It just feels weird, you know, it's, uh, when people mention that kind of stuff. Will you just compare it to like people who like made it big on like YouTube for stuff like uh, PewDiePie? Like nothing wrong with what he did, but he just sat there and made fun of people in video games, and now he's like a millionaire from like advertisements, and then he had like, his own show. So people think, like, oh, I should do that because whatever. He just happened to be an entertaining guy. People follow him, and then like got rewarded for it. So people just do it for different reasons. So. We're definitely glad that you can do things for the reasons you do. Really appreciative of the whole city of Chicago. Yeah, that's that's crazy, you know. But I mean, what I learned is the hardest people to get a hold of is uh, Insta famous people. Really, they really are hard. I can, I literally can get a reply from uh, Andrew Zimmern's camp within seconds, mm-hmm. or uh, Steve Dolinsky or Stephanie Heiser right away, you know, from their assistant. But when I ask or ask a question or try to get a hold of like these super popular Instagrammers, nothing. Like to feel important, you, you shouldn't, you don't reply. That's how you feel important. Yes. In yes. I know quite a few people that do that. Uh, per- they purposely like, don't respond to stuff because yeah. they want people like to bug them and they want like that validation. Yeah. I'm telling my friends, it's bizarre, you know, I mean, because I, I write to the, uh, the writer from the reader, that's how I became friends with them, the Tribune and they reply right away and then they ask, you know, let's go out to eat, learn about each other and this and that. And these are like the real media people, you know. And it's, it boggles my mind, but now I know, you know, it's more of like, you just want to feel important, you know. But, uh, especially when they do a group DM and then someone like the PR firm will ask who wants to go eat here this, at this date and 
they'll wait till everybody reply in a couple of days or then they'll reply or mm. sometimes they don't reply at all yeah that's how you do it yeah you feel special because um i when i started i had like 500 followers i wouldn't get invites right so then i started making my own events you know people would invite me and then i started inviting smaller uh instagrammers to so they can you know people who would invite them i would invite them because i i, I want to be them to be treated like how i wasn't treated so i i give them the opportunity we go to my events they eat the free food whatever and now they've gotten bigger now i can't get a hold of them you know yeah it's like they can't i can't get favors from them i'm like oh would you guys like to come back to this restaurant oh busy suddenly everyone is so busy yeah, it's so ridiculous too. And then that people like hop on the bandwagon. Like I told people because of my podcast, like some restaurant owners are like count my bill and things of that nature. Like, oh, I love that restaurant. We should go there and you should give me free food. I'm like, no, no thanks. Like they count my bill because like I was helping them out with like, an interview or like whatnot, and they're just showing the appreciation. I'm not gonna walk you in there for free food and like abuse us like relationship just because you want a free dinner. Yeah, they, I can't believe people, some people would actually call them and call restaurants and say, uh, give me free food and I'll post. I've never done that once. And this is what people don't know is I, I have a couple of restaurants I work with. When mm-hmm. I eat there, I actually go my way and tell them I'm going to pay. Don't, you know, don't give me free or nothing, nothing. You know, and there's some that would like just give me a discount, but I literally tell them, you know, just let me pay. You know, I just, it's a small restaurant. It's only going to cost like 10 bucks. You know whatever and and then you know people they do some people think that i get free food when i eat outside the city but those are the last place to get free food is these mom and pop places because most of them don't even know what instagram is which also explains why a lot of foodies don't go outside the city because they can't get the free food that's another i think that's another explanation right there why uh, uh, why a lot of mom and pop restaurants aren't being introduced with the, with the whole foodie instagram world because you got to actually pay for your own money and go there, and it's a far drive, and, you know, so they just limit in the city. You know what, at the end of the day, too, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the South Park episode about, like, Yelpers, but it's, like, if you have, like, let's say, 10 foodies coming to a mom-and-pop shop in one day, that's a ton of revenue for them, and they're, like, they're not exactly, like, raking in tons of money, like, they're running on tight budgets, and just because you want free food because you want to post some picture and have, like, your, like, girlfriend like think you're cool like yeah. don't waste your time yeah. yeah my job is i want to i don't you know have that many followers and it doesn't affect much so my job is to connect with people who has a big audience mm-hmm. and have them write about their restaurant you know like basically like these uh, writers they i don't know if it's a coincidence but they write about every places that i ate with them or that i recommended to them or that um, i've been that are my clients, you know, and all all of my clients, they all been they each either had like a show on it or they either had someone wrote about it. So and then that's what I like to see these little places get these recognition, you know, because I, I mean no one else is gonna give it to them. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the exact same way. Are there any places that uh, you have on your list to go to that you haven't been to yet? <clears throat> I have a few places. There's a. Uh, there's one place, it's in Little Village, it's a Mexican place, it's called Mi, Mi Tierra. and basically they have this thing where they, it's, it looks like almost like a, 
big metal stove thing that they set on your table and they just pile meat on it and then underneath is a coal fire oh nice so like it it might not taste good or whatever but it'll be it'll be you know a photogenic picture you know it'll, it'll be awesome to have people around just to, around the thing and, and they have other food too but it's right there in little village right in smack that little village is basically little mexico so basically you go there it's like all sorts of restaurants where you can get all sorts of food that you won't get in the city and it's just it's kind of a, a you know crime written like it's, there's a lot of crime there too but like, you just gotta risk if you, if you want food you gotta risk it i was there on friday for their uh, taste of mexico festival i i am actually working i'm gonna work on the video tonight i did some filming there too so people get an idea of what goes on in there you know it's a fun experience Yes. Yeah, we'll definitely link up with that in the show notes. People can follow you on Instagram and on your YouTube channel and things of that nature. But anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? Um, as far as like to find me and stuff, or I just sell my food in Chicago. Oh, like um, like places to eat and stuff. Right. Anything you want to say is totally fine. Okay, so there are my top five restaurants that I like to eat is um, there's a place called M Rice and Beyond. So M is spelled I M M M with three M's. M Rice and Beyond. So basically, that is as authentic as the, the Thai food gets. They serve it like they actually advertise it as pungent, and then people still go. And then every every paper wrote about it. Every media wrote about it. They even had a show that wrote about it. So they just opened up like uh, three months ago. And then another place, of course, I, I told you dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that recorded. Do you get that part recorded? Where no, I, that was before. Yeah, so tell us about dancing. Dancing, yeah. dancing it's a robo, robo, robata yaki uh, bar and grill, which means the grill, it's like it's a diagonal and vertical line grill. Like a mesh, and then it's sitting there on a the bar, and they cook right there in front of you. It seats about twenty, and it's um, set up as like how a, a bar would look like back in South Korea in the back streets. And they open late night to the locals, and there I would recommend the spicy pork skin and the uh, spicy chicken uh, rice cake dish, and also the uh, cod egg soup, kimchi soup. <clears throat> and then there's another restaurant that I also uh, work for is. I went to them because I eaten there before and I like their food so much. It's called Saigon Bistro Crawfish. Saigon Bistro Crawfish. That is located uh, near Peterson and Devon. No, California Devon. It is in Rogers Park. And um, that is, they do Cajun, Vietnamese Cajun. Uh, they do uh, crab, crawfish, and of all the crawfish place, I, I actually love that place so much. People love the sauce so much they would actually take the leftover sauce and freeze it. Really? <laughs> and then, and then, and then you factor in they have, they have uh, Vietnamese food too. So I brought the Tribune writer there, and he said that that's one of uh, the best hot pot. We had a hot pot there. He said he has one of the best hot pot that he had. He used to write for Serious Eats in New York, I think. He just he just started working here for the Tribune too. Um, and then, uh, let me see. And then as far as for ambience, for drinks and laid back, is a place called Bites Tapas, Bites Asian Tapas. 
it's in Wrigleyville, so it's got a back patio. It's a fusion uh, Chinese, Thai, Korean, Japanese, and it's just like a cute little place. People hang out, they drink, and smoke bite size. So that's more of a more of like a inside a city restaurant where people would hang out. So that would be you know some of my top places to eat. Awesome. I go there a lot, like lots. I mean, like at least like maybe four or five times every other week. Oh, crazy! <laughs> perfect. Well, yeah, we well, yeah, I definitely appreciate you on the show, and everything you had to say was absolutely perfect. We're excited about uh, the festival and everything else you have going on in your end. What a great interview with King! My heart definitely goes out to this guy. We really connected, and I'm so glad we had a chance to sit down and chat together. The fact that he's motivated by helping support local restaurants and getting the name out there about them is. What really moves me big time. A lot of foodies out there are all about the stardom, the fame, the glamour, just trying to get some attention from other people, maybe some free meals, etc. Kang is all about promoting businesses, whether they're little holes in the wall, ethnic, or just ones that are run, not run of the mill that are corporately owned. I'm really excited to follow along in his adventures and really more excited about attending his food fest in late October. We'll definitely link up to that in the show notes with some more details on that. And in the show notes, we'll also link up to the different restaurants that he recommended. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words, endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. We'd just like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for the show, NextMe, an app that promises to take the guesswork out of restaurant waits. For restaurants, adding a party to the app is easier than pen and paper. Easy peasy. For diners, it's simple to see exactly what place they are in line and gives them a close approximate wait time until they are actually seated. Unlike clunky pager systems, NextMe can be downloaded onto cell phones for diners and features an automated system that can be downloaded on either an iPhone or iPad for restaurants. NextMe is taking on the weight of the world. They are the go-to waitlist app for restaurant employees. Check them out at nextmeapp.com. That's N-E-X-T-M-E-A-P-P.com. Also, for all your sports nutrition needs, look no further than LAMP Enterprises. Our product lines have exactly what you need pre- to post-workout to get you the most out of your training and help you reach your personal goals, no matter what your fitness level. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully you learned something new or at least were able to share a few laughs with us. Until next time. Mm -hmm.